Oh, great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 17. My name is Adam, and today we have Kevin. How you doing there, Kevin? Uh, okay. We are both suffering from severe migraines today on this rainy Memorial Day. Is it raining up there? No, it's very hot out. Almost 90. It's, it's hot out down here, but it's also raining off and on, so... We did. We had a huge storm last night. It was crazy. It was like pitch black outside. Oh, really? Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, today we're going to be going over some news highlights for the last couple weeks. And we have Ryan back with us to tell us about a movie we made him watch called Piranha 2, directed by James Cameron in honor of Piranha 3 D coming out this week. And finally, we'll be going over our predictions for this week's opening films. But first, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. Kevin, did you watch anything this week? I watched two very experimental films. Okay. One after the other. So it's a very mind-bending movie-watching experience. The first one I watched was Mysterious Object at Noon, which I always feared that this day would happen, where I would have to talk about this director, because, like always, we have trouble um, pronouncing names, Mm -hmm. and this has to be the worst one. This is by the guy that directed Uncle Boon Me. Okay. So I'm going to give a shot, I guess, at his name. <laughs> did you just did you just see what it yeah. was? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea where to even I'd begin. I'd also like to, to have you try to pronounce the original title for the film. <sighs> oh my god. I, I I seriously always feared that this day would come. And I just I tried not to watch his movies because I didn't want to have to say his name. But here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with the first name as a pitch a pat pong. <laughs> it sounds right. We were Sethical. That's probably way off, but well, uh, it sounded all right. You pronounced it phonetically, at least. Yes, yes. I I have no idea how to pronounce Thai. Yeah. I don't know what their sounds are. Okay, the original title. Dakva na Moonman? <laughs> it sounds close. Yeah. Killed it. I think this is his first movie. Uh, it's, you know, it goes in between sort of like a documentary and just like a normal film. Mm-hmm. They use that uh, storytelling um, structure called uh, Exquisite Corpse where he just goes through the countryside and getting people to add to the story. And then while they're telling the story, the various different people that he runs into, he has non-actors act out the story that they're telling. Hmm. And the story is very odd. I mean, it starts out pretty normal. It's just a a crippled kid with a teacher and then like a, a mysterious object rolls out from her skirt when she passes out and then it turns into another boy. Okay. 
And yeah, no, it's it's weird. And um, I think the boy turns into the teacher, but not the real teacher. And the boy, the the handicapped boy, can't figure out which one's the real teacher. And then I don't know, like the neighbor comes by to like help, and then he he falls in love with the real teacher, and then he turns into a boxer to make money, and then they kidnap the two boys, and then I think they turn into a tiger or something. I don't know. It's very bizarre. So it's all over the place. Essentially, it's like that game that we used to play in elementary school where it'd be like uh what was it called like the f- the phone game where somebody says something to someone else and they say it and like by the time it gets to the end of the line it's like a completely different thing where like each person adds a little bit to the story yeah it's sort of like that he he travels the whole countryside and it starts out with this woman that's like selling tuna in a truck which is terrible enough who wants to buy fish out of the back of a truck but apparently they do so she starts the story well first she starts it off with her life story of how her father sold her to her uncle which is extremely sad yeah and then, and then she starts the story and then uh i think he goes to i think the next person is like an like an elderly lady and then she adds to it. And when he gets to the elderly lady, you know, he sort of tells her what, what so far what has happened in the story. And then she adds a little bit to it. And then I think he finds like four teenage guys. He tells them, you know, what the story is so far and they add to it. Hmm. I mean, it was, it was an interesting experiment. I don't know if it really turned out that well. Mm. But it, I, I mean, it was def- it was definitely interesting to watch. Hmm. And then, like you know, like near the end, with the the non actors are acting out, you know, the story, and they just break in the middle. You know, they just say like cut, mm. and like the little kids are anxious to get his KFC chicken, hmm. and then they just eat and they sort of discuss the movie and stuff. Hmm. So it's like half documentary half like storytelling yeah it's a little bit of half everything (laughs) sounds interesting um as a side note i'm looking on the imdb and it says people also liked and there's a movie here called the adventures of iron pussy (laughs) 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 Mm. a transvestite secret agent is sent to a mission to the thai countryside which actually um Real quick, just to get off topic for a second, I just checked out a new show on the Sky Channel in the UK called Hit and Miss. Have you heard of this? I have not. It's a it's starring Chloe Savini, mm. and it takes place in Scotland, I believe. And she's a pre-op transsexual who's also a hit woman slash man. Oh. Mm, a hit human, a, a hit person. <laughs> it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting. They they only came out with the pilot so far, but. Uh, uh, what was the second one you saw? Uh, I watched *Heart of Glass* by Werner Herzog, because I just finished the uh, the book. Remember, mm-hmm. I was telling you 
that uh, book that sort of went over the making of Heart of Glass? Yeah. Uh, the book, Werner Herzog, is a, a madman. Some of the things that they talk about in that book are just ridiculous. I will share one tidbit. There's a bunch of stuff, but this one I really enjoyed. He's, you know, filming with his actors and everything, and there was a guy that was essentially done filming. He didn't want to film anymore that day. And Herzog was saying, you know, wait, we had to get this one last scene. And the guy was like, no, I have to go to, I think he had to go to like Switzerland or something. But apparently he was just making it up. He just wanted to get out of shooting. So finally Herzog had enough and him and his assistant were like, okay, we'll drive you to Switzerland. So they get in the van, they drive to a cliff, open up the door and it's just looking out over the cliff of this mountain and he's like you either get out here or you finish filming oh man so they were pretty much ready to just throw a guy over a cliff because he wouldn't film a scene it's interesting yeah so this is um and there's a there's a there's a couple other things in that book that he does that are a lot like that it's funny because like this is a documentary right no, this is an actual just. Oh no, this is uh, a. This is a narrative, uh, but this has the distinction of most of the actors are under hypnosis. Oh. <laughs> while he's filming it, which he does the hypnosis himself. What a character! Yeah, he's he's something else. It's about uh, a, a small village. The the foreman of the glass making factory dies and they use they they make this ruby glass red tinted glass and that's how you know they make all their money well when he dies he takes the seer with him and no one knows how to make the ruby glass so everyone sort of goes into a state of like hysteria almost Hmm. but like subdued hysteria and they just sort of lose their minds and the one i think the one like herder is like he has premonitions and he sees the future and it's just overall insanity really Hmm. once again very experimental and interesting to watch i don't know if it really worked though Mm. this is germany Mm -hmm. takes place in germany yes which i gotta say when the guy like describes his visions the german language is perfect for that sort of stuff that doom and gloom. <laughs> uh, the German language. Well, he was the only guy that wasn't under hypnosis. That and the, I guess, the glass blowers. Because it's, I, as you can imagine, that would be pretty dangerous to have. Yeah. But there's an extended scene where they show them, you know, blowing glass and working in a factory, which is, I could just watch that all day. That mm. stuff is amazing. Uh, did you ever go to the corning glass uh place in i think it's in new york i did not know i went there on a family vacation once nice yeah as like a 12 year old let me just tell you that going to the corning glass museum is not the best place in the world Uh, i can imagine i think that i would find it to be a little bit more interesting now but so the first movie i want to talk about is uh, documentary called The Ambassador. And this is 
one of the most fascinating stories I've seen in, in quite a while. I love documentaries that go new places and maybe are a little bit risky and, you know, bring something new to the table. And basically what this film is, is this this guy, he's from um, Denmark, and his name's Mods Bruger. And he's he's the central character of the film, but he also wrote it and directed it. He's sort of like a Borat-type character, a Sasha Baron Cohen character, where the entire movie, he's this, he takes on this other persona. So he decides that he's going to become a diplomat. And through some slightly shady deals, he actually does become an official Libyan diplomat. On paper, he pays 150000 U.S. dollars. He becomes a Libyan diplomat. He, it's, he gets a passport. He gets a driver's license. It's all official. Nothing's like forged or anything. And the reason that he does this is because he decides that he wants to try to procure African blood diamonds. So he heads over, <laughs> he heads over and he starts meeting with people. He starts meeting with presidents and dignitaries and all these people. He starts making his way up, up the ladder of like important political figures. And then he finally meets the owner of one of the mines. He gets the, the owner to take him to one of the mines and he's allowed to film there. And I mean, he, I don't think it's giving a big spoiler away, but he does end up procuring these blood diamonds. What does he do with the blood diamonds when he gets them? Um, well, you'll have to kind of see the movie to, okay. s- to see how that turns out because it starts off as kind of a comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, he, the character that he plays is such a cartoon. I mean, it's exactly what you would think of when you think of like a white diplomat like he he doesn't really care about anybody but business and stuff like that and it starts off as kind of goofy but it gets really serious because I, i can imagine it's african blood diamonds i would hope that it gets somewhat serious literally people start dying and wow. once that starts to happen, it things get a little bit serious. But by that point, he's so deep, he can't he can't just say, "All right, I got to get out of here," or whatever. He's got to see it through because if he lets his guard down, if he stops acting as this guy for even one second, someone could you know figure it out, and he'd be in real trouble. So. It's just a fascinating movie. He narrates it, and it's he sort of sounds like Werner Herzog, actually. Nice. But it's somewhat it, it's somewhat funny in some parts, but it, it is... And a lot of people online are kind of criticizing him because, like, he didn't... I mean, he goes the full nine yards. Like, he's like, okay, well... I need a reason to have these blood diamonds and stuff. I need a reason to be there. So I'm going to set up a match factory. So he flies in a guy from India that's a, uh, that's a specialist in making matches. 
Yeah. And he's like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hire pygmies <laughs> to work at this match factory that I'm making. And it's he sets it up. I mean, it's all legit. Wow. So, I mean, he takes the illusion so far. Wow. Well, yeah, what it sort of sounds like what you're describing is like a um, sort of like the Yes Men. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever seen those documentaries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's exactly, it sounds a lot like that. Wow. It, it's like that, only it's on a little bit of a bigger scale. Yeah. Because this guy has like millions of dollars that he can play with, and he spends tons of money in this movie and it's it's definitely recommended he also made another movie called the red chapel uh when he he actually went to north korea under the guise of being a vaudeville (laughs) performer and they let him into north korea so he's done this before but it's i highly recommend it very very interesting uh, what what uh, what African country does he go to? That get these you know what? Done? I was trying to remember like so hard today before we started recording, and I cannot remember the name of the country that he goes to. It's one that I never heard of before, so it's like a smaller one. Uh, that says filming location Central African Republic. Yeah, it was somewhere. It was somewhere in there, but there was like I'm pretty sure there was like a specific like town or something that it was filmed in that where the mines were and stuff. Mm. But I can area. A little bit of, well, a little bit of it takes place in Liberia, but not, not a lot. That's just where he got his, um, like diploma ship or whatever. <laughs> diploma ship. <laughs> What's the what's the term for that? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know how that stuff works. Well, uh, basically, the reason that he it sounds like you can, anyone can just do it. Well, you're not supposed to, but basically, once you have that, you can travel freely throughout the world, carrying whatever you want because you have immunity. Yeah, that's who allowed that. <laughs> The, probably the corrupt government. Who <laughs> thought that that was a good idea? Uh, I'm going to be an ambassador tomorrow. I'm going to get working on that. That's my goal for this summer. <laughs> I think, well, if you have 150 grand, you can probably do it. Hmm. Okay. First goal of the summer is to get 150 grand. There you go. Second goal. Yeah, small steps. Small steps. B- baby steps. I'm going to get there. The other movie, okay, the other movie I saw was a movie called Hell. This is a German movie. Sort of a post-apocalyptic thriller. It was, what? It was really? It was pretty good. Wasn't great. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. There were some new things to it. I, I haven't seen a German post-apocalyptic movie before. It kind of reminded me of The Book of Eli, the Denzel Washington movie. Um, in this, in this movie, like the, I guess the ozone layer is diminished and the the sun is coming through. You can't be out in the sun like at all because it'll like instantly start to burn you. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like this small group of people were trying to 
survive and they had to deal with bands of marauders and whatnot. It was It's it's showing here that it's from Roland Emmerich, the director of The Day After Tomorrow in twenty twelve. I think that he may, maybe make... produced it or executive produced it. Yeah. More than likely one of those. I mean Roland Emmerich is shit director. I mean he's if you're into disaster films, I mean that's all he does. He just does yeah. pretty much all disaster films, but this was actually pretty cool. I'd say it's worth a watch. Yes, yeah, so it was executive produced. It's like it's like a cross between the Book of Eli and The Road, maybe. It's better than the Book of Eli, probably better than The Road too cuz there's a little bit more action. Yeah. So uh, and finally, I saw Mel Gibson in Get the Gringo. Oh. This was formerly titled How I Spent My Summer Vacation. <laughs> Don't know why they didn't keep that one titled. <laughs> that's, that's like the worst name for a movie. Um, the only bit I didn't like about this movie, and I, I will say, right off the bat, I did like this movie. Um, despite Mel Gibson... I was all I was kind of able to put my thoughts on him like personally aside. Yeah. And just kind of enjoy the movie. And it made me realize like I like Mel Gibson as an actor. I like most of his movies. I think he's a good actor. I just wish he weren't so crazy. <laughs> and apparently he's just like an evil guy and I don't know. Maybe he just has anger issues or something, but this movie he could definitely get those anger issues out cuz he killed a lot of people. He fought a lot of people. The only part I didn't like was actually it was narrated by him and I I normally don't like narration in films. Yeah. So other than that, it was actually pretty cool. It took place in Mexico in this crazy Mexican jail. Uh, I had no idea that jails were like that in Mexico. It's like a little community. Like, like wives can live there with their husbands and, and kids can live there. They have shops set up. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but it was, it was actually pretty cool. It was kind of your standard action type movie. Wasn't great. Might be worth a rental. Oh, fantastic. Peter uh, Stormare is in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy Peter Stormare. Yeah, he's, uh, as you might expect, he plays a villain. <laughs> I, I would imagine. And uh, Dean Norris, who's in Breaking Bad as the... Oh, yeah, Hank Schrader. Yeah, as the in-law DEA agent. He plays a... Not a DEA agent. Oh, this, but I was going to say... It, no, he plays like um, I don't know if he's, he's got plays some sort of law yeah, enforcement. Yeah, he's like border patrol. Say. He's like a border patrol it. guy or something. I figured he would be. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems like that's all he's gonna get for a while. Probably, probably. And that's all I saw. Are you ready to do some Ryan watches a movie? Hell yeah! All right, let's do it. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh, no. Magi. Oh, little <laughs> kids got naked in that. Lots of sick. Welcome back, Ryan. What movie did we have you watch this week? 
Piranha Part 2, The Spawning. Piranha 2, The Spawning, directed by James Cameron. Uh, we picked this in honor of Piranha 3DD coming out this week. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like Piranha 3DD is actually going to be better than this. Let me uh, go ahead and read the synopsis. A scuba diving instructor, her biochemist boyfriend, and her police chief ex-husband try to link a series of bizarre deaths to a mutant strain of piranha fish whose lair is a sunken freighter ship off of a Caribbean island resort. Now, before we uh, get into the nitty-gritty of this, Ryan, let's go ahead and listen to the trailer. This is James Cameron's Piranha 2, uh. The Spawning. Sleek. Fierce. Savage. Deadly. The Piranha. For centuries, nature's most ferocious killer. Until now. The new breed is here. Faster. More ferocious. And infinitely more deadly. Piranha 2. It's here. It's alive. And it's multiplying. We spliced in genes from different species to create the ultimate killer organism. It lives in the depths of the sea, but it can strike anywhere. Okay. Uh, I love how they seem like that's just a good idea. Hey, let's splice together all these genes and make a ferocious killing beast. That would, but like, when they say that they can strike anywhere, what do they mean? Can they just like? Oh, can you... Adam saw first where they can strike anywhere. Uh, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> the the whole thing about Piranha Two is that they can fly. Oh, okay. Basically, they're bats that look like piranhas. Nice. And Ryan sent me a little clip of this one scene, and <laughs> it was some of probably the worst special effects I've ever seen with Fantastic. these piranha flying through the air, attacking this poor guy. They, they like hopper. Yeah, I mean, they're, nice. they're so clearly on strings, it's not even funny. So you could be going to, like, your local supermarket, and a piranha would just come out of nowhere and eat your face off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Short answer? Fantastic. Short answer? Yes. They're everywhere. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Well, this was made in 1981, but just from watching the trailer and the clip you showed me, Ryan, it looks really really poor even for 1981 it looked like honestly from all the because you know it's one of those can't be horror movies it reminded me honestly of like a 1970s porn because there was just naked people everywhere and there was big hair mm-hmm. and like crazy one piece mm. suits it was ridiculous. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot? Well, first of all, I have to say that when you were outlining the plot for IMDb, you said 
her biochemist boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, he is a biochemist. And apparently, well, not apparently, because they heard her say it. The girl may, met him five days previous. Mm. Okay. So I don't think that story extends very far. So are they boyfriend and girlfriend or what? Uh, I think they're more of like, you know, lovers. Because uh, okay. it's like a resort island that takes place with many comers and goers. Many, many what? Yeah, what? Many people coming and going. Ah, uh, I gotcha. So the boyfriend, he is the one that develops the piranha or well, what? Well, apparently before before this movie takes place, um, the biochemist knows what's happening and he goes to this island to investigate everything and possibly put a stop to it. And he doesn't obviously tell her any of that until later on in the movie. Of course. Yeah. Like, close and, to the best. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that wraps it up. <laughs> so, this is directed by James Cameron. The James Cameron Titanic. Now... Is this one of his... This is has to be one of his very first movies, right? This is one of his very worst movies. This is his first feature full-length movie. Yeah, so... It's funny because three years later, he does Terminator. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty big leap there. Yeah, it is. Going from Piranha Part 2, The Spawning, to... A classic like the Terminator. I mean, what what must have happened there? Yeah, now this just needed a director, and he signed up for it to get some money. Yeah, is this like a actual part two, or is yes. that the name of it? No, the the original Piranha, I believe, was um, made in like nineteen seventy four or something like that, seventy eight. So this is actually the sequel. Now, I don't know if any of the characters are the same, because I've never seen the original. But the original one was um, produced by Roger Corman, who's a very, very famous producer. Correct. And this came out, the, the original Piranha, I believe, came out right after Jaws. And it was, like, really successful, I believe, because of Jaws. And it was, like, kind of spawned this... Influx and ripoff type movies. Well, I, I'm looking here, and I mean, it's right there in the tagline. It says "Terror is back, but this time it flies." There you go. So, <laughs> no surprise. Were there any cool deaths? No. Anything? Anything good about this movie Dude, at all? No. 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 Nothing. Uh, Nothing. The, the deaths are basically. You know, piranhas are dying in huge worms. And being the fact that it was made in 1981, they probably couldn't show too many graphic things because they didn't have good editing. So, mainly when people get killed, 
there's like a huge pool of blood or blood running off of them. So it's pretty it's pretty standard piranha death. It's pretty standard horror. Gotcha. Nothing special. Uh, I did notice that Lance Hendrickson is in it. He's in everything. Yeah, he was in Millennium. He was in Pumpkinhead. Yeah. He was also he was also in Terminator. He was also in Aliens. So it looks like for a while there, him and him and uh, Cameron must have been buddies. I also noticed that this movie was there's an un uncredited director and he also helped write the screenplay uh ovidio asantius which yeah i I checked him out and he has a movie which i'm hoping is a spin-off of the titanic movie called tentacles it's a horror movie and i'm hoping that it's the same character from that animated titanic movie but i believe not because it's from 1977 yeah, and I'm looking at the cover for Tentacles right now, and it looks looks like a Jaws ripoff. So I wonder if that's where they got the name for their octopus in that animated movie that we had you watch. Tentacles. Tentacles. Each year, 10,000 tourists visit Ocean Beach. This summer, Ocean Beach has attracted something else. Oh... And that something else is tentacles. Tentacles. The octopus. Yep. So, what? Anything else to add, Ryan? No, I'm sorry. This is no. Come on. Terrible. Come on, Ryan. It Any was, cool like this... underwater stuff? I mean, James. No, Cameron. dude. It was made in 1981. <laughs> well, I was just wondering because he's so big into deep sea diving and everything. I wonder if and he, back I'll, then he did well, stuff, some cool stuff. I'm curious as to what the budget of this is. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it says according to IMDb. I don't believe it says. No. Ten dollars. Really? Yeah. (laughs) That's my guess. (laughs) And seven of it, they probably paid James Cameron to direct. Probably. You know, did did you guys hear that James Cameron is no longer making any movies other than Avatars? Yes, I did see that. Yeah. And I did see on the IMDb trivia in an interview, James Cameron said, I believe The Spawning was the finest flying piranha movie ever made. <laughs> I'm, sure he said, I'm sure he said that as a joke. I would have to. What do you think about that, Ryan? No more James Cameron movies, only Avatars. I couldn't care less. Oh. I'm, really, I'm not really into any of the movies aside from Terminator. I'm not really into any of the movies. Man. You don't like uh, The Abyss or any or Aliens? A- aliens? Come Wait, on. didn't Aliens? Didn't Ridley Scott make Aliens? He made Alien, the first one. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, then, James, yes. James Cameron did. Game over, it. man. <laughs> My uncle said yeah. game over. For, for those of you that don't know Ryan's uncle, he looks exactly like Bill Paxton. <laughs> I, was just, I was just reading uh, more trivia here for this movie, and apparently the credit goes to James Cameron, but most of the work was 
done by the other guy that we mentioned. And James Cameron did most of the shooting for the movie, but was not allowed to see his footage or be involved with the editing. That's weird. Yeah. He actually broke into the editing room to try and cut his own version, but was caught. What do you think of James Cameron, Kevin? Uh, I don't necessarily like his movies. I don't mind him as a person. I think he's, I mean, he just, a couple months ago, was the second person ever to dive to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. So, big kudos to him for doing that. Yeah, I think he's a bit of a, an adventurer. Yeah, I mean, he's really into deep sea diving and stuff. So, and I mean, I love the deep sea. So, I, I like him as a person. I just don't really like his movies too much. To me, he seems like he's more... Uh, more focused on the technical aspects of filmmaking than the actual storytelling aspects yeah. and the art of it. And I I like The Abyss, and I like True Lies, and I like Terminator 2 and the first one and Aliens. So I think he I mean I think he has a pretty strong filmography. Now with Avatar, I was I saw that in 3d at the IMAX and I came out of it just completely wowed. And then I saw it later on HBO and I was just like, what was I thinking? Like, this isn't even that good. And I think that that was like just a testament to show like how really good special effects can really enhance. Yeah. I think an experience. I think he's definitely a person that directs movies that have to be seen on a movie screen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will tell you that in this, uh, at one point, they're investigating a morgue to check out the bodies of the people that have been killed. And Prana come up into the morgue after people, and they fly through the windows. They just crash through the windows. Nice. Crash the windows? Fish going <clears throat> through windows. Well, answer me this, Ryan. Does anyone... I'm just... I would like to know what type of techniques you use to fight against flying piranhas. Apparently, these people use no techniques. No techniques? They they really didn't even try. They they just just stand there and die. (laughs) They just accepted their fate. (laughs) Yes. Well, I had a good run. Yep, they come to terms. Like... Flying piranhas to take over. Like, at, at one point towards the end of the movie, there it's like this island, and they're all about, like, their big tourist thing is watching the Grunion, and... Wait, what? Watching the Grunion? Yeah. What's the What's that? Grunion? It's like a, fi- a fish that comes on the land... To habitat or to mate. To mate? Oh, I, I think I've seen those. And oh. so all these people, there's probably 200 people standing on the beach waiting for the gunion. And they all have one stick, like, uh, torches in their hands so they can see. And... The prana just started like freaking out and flying out of the ocean, <laughs> and people just stand there and get like, "Why couldn't you take the stick and beat them? 
like baseball bats or <laughs> run away, maybe. Yeah, I, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to get away from flying piranha. Just go inside. Yeah. yeah. Well, he says they crash through windows, don't they? Yeah, apparently they yeah. can break windows. Wow. Just super piranha. Yeah, I just I looked up grunions and people those events are called grunion runs. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like a blast. <laughs> Dude, we gotta, well, we gotta heard, catch one of those. I heard on I forget what Joe's watching the other day, but they say Brown Authority is supposed to be one of the the best worst horror movies. And like, you know, good for entertainment, very good to laugh at, good for, you know, whatever. This movie is none of that. Well, I'll tell you, I saw Piranha 3D in the theater, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was so much fun. Like, Christopher Lloyd was in it, and he played, like, he played Doc from Back to the Future. Yeah, that's what that he, he was, like, this kind of oddball scientist guy and um richard dreyfus was in it and he 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 played basically his character from jaws and that was the thing about piranha i mean it was just it wasn't a good movie but it wasn't supposed to be it was just stupid fun it was people got killed in crazy ways there were several scenes where you're just like oh my god, I can't believe I'm watching that on a theater. Like, a guy gets his dick bitten off, and they, they show a close-up close of the piranha that bites his dick off, and he burps it, and, like, a big piece of his dick comes out. <laughs> and it's, like, in 3D, so, you know, everybody in the theater is, like, trying to dodge the floating penis that's coming towards them. And, like, there was this, there was another scene where a woman got her ponytail caught in a boat, um... A boat propeller, and that was pretty nasty too. There was just there was none of that. It was just all around dumb. I'm actually gonna go see Piranha Three Double D. I'm gonna review it because <laughs> I, I, I think I don't think anybody is gonna appreciate that movie like me. <laughs> I think but I just you know I have I have this vision in my head. What every time we say flying piranhas, I just think of like Birdemic special effects. They just they're, sort of floating. They're not. They're not a lot different. If you watch the trailer, <laughs> yes, they're they do look similar. But nice. I mean, with Birdemic, that was all done in like After Effects. Yeah. So that was all like quasi CG. But in Piranha Two, strings. <laughs> it's like rubber and strings. Yeah. Nice. All right, Ryan. Let's go ahead and give you a drum roll, and you can tell us what you thought. So. Let me get this queued up. What did you think of Piranha 2? What's it called? The New Breed? Spawning. The Spawning. Spawning. Why did I think it was called The New Breed? What's called The New Breed? Gremlins 2? No, that's The New Batch. It could be The New Breed. No. It makes sense. We just retitled it. Who cares? Yeah. There you go. You're welcome, James Cameron. (laughs) Of Piranha 2, The Spawning. I'm gonna and I'm gonna give it a two. Two. Piranha two gets a two. How about that? This just seriously, if you're listening to this, don't even waste your time. I know I said a lot, 
but I really mean it this time. <laughs> Don't waste your time watching it. What, what do you think of the idea of merging Piranha 2, the spawning, with the movie we had you watch last week, Mikhail's Navy? What if we put oh, those two movies that, together? It's good. Tom Arnold and Piranhas, how can you get better than that? Yeah, I would yeah, definitely watch that. Sounds that. great. Sounds great. All right, Ryan. Well, thanks for watching that for us. We'll have another great movie for you next week. All right. If you want, if you want to pick up your own copy of Piranha 2 The Spawning, just head on over to our site at filmpulse.net and hit the Ryan Watches a Movie button, and it'll be there for you. Don't do that, or we'll make lots of fun of you next week. If you do buy Piranha 2, send us your information <laughs> so we can make fun of you in the air. Thanks. Actually, we, if if you buy it and watch that, we we want you on the podcast exactly <laughs> as yeah. sort of as a rebuttal. We'll we'll to Ryan, you. yeah to Ryan's review. So watch Piranha Two, let us know, and we'll actually have you on the show. There we go. <laughs> All right, Ryan, thank you very much, and we will see you next week. See you later. Let's talk about some Amazon deals. To get these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net and either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or click on the store link and check out some of our favorites and what we've been talking about on the show. Now, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Rather than picking some specific deals that are going on, I wanted to go over a new section on Amazon called... Uh-oh. Called, you got a new section? Yeah. It's called <laughs> Never Before on DVD. Oh, I heard about this, but I didn't get to check it out yet. So what they decided to do was bring back all these TV shows and movies that were never before on DVD and sell them on Amazon. So we have some great titles like Night Court. What? <laughs> Night Court. <laughs> Night oh, nice. Uh, there's it's mostly garbage, oh. but... I'm sure that there's probably a few movies in there where it's like, you know, a movie that you saw maybe when you were younger or on TV and you're like, what was, what was that movie or whatever? And then you find it on here and it's like, oh, you know, like maybe like a kind of nostalgic movie. Like if you were in... going to say like all the movies that are probably going to appear on that segment that we do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where you liked as a child and hate now. Yeah. So like if you are dying to see Neighbors with Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, they have Damn. it on DVD now. Amazon's been listening to our podcast probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's there, it's mostly it's mostly garbage, but they it's I mean they have I'm pretty sure this this section just came out like this week, earlier this week and there Yeah. Already, they I have think like, I, I forget where I read about it. It was on something they have like 1500 titles almost 1600 titles so check that out maybe you can find some hidden treasures in there i'm checking it now yeah there's some good stuff uh let's go ahead and talk about some news first up i just want to say i wrote an article about this on the site first thing i want to talk about is the seven minute long trailer for the amazing spider-man i had to sit oh my god adam deal with it okay (laughs) i'm just gonna i'm gonna complain about this because i feel like i don't want to see that much 
I don't want to see that much of a movie. I don't need to see the movie now. Yeah, I would have lost my shit if I was there. It's Seven just, minutes. That's ridiculous. I mean, am I am I crazy to not want no, to see seven minutes of a movie no there's no need for that there's just absolutely no need and i'm just guessing it was seven minutes it might have been longer for all i know <laughs> i'm pretty sure i read that it's seven but it's, that's that's insane i mean they showed they showed an entire scene from the movie in addition to your normal um like action montage trailer type thing and then they, they kind of like went over like the whole plot in like a voiceover thing too. I mean, it's, it, mm, it sounds like it was like cliff notes in trailer form. Yeah. I mean, if it was like Prometheus, th- they did that, I would really freak out over it because there's, there's some movies, like some movies I don't care, but either way it's bad. Because if it's a movie that I don't want to see and I don't care about, I don't want to sit through a seven-minute trailer of it either. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really a lose-lose situation for me. It really is. And, and I, I know that it's not just me because I was seeing Men in Black with my girlfriend and she leaned over and she's like, oh, they're ruining the movie. And I heard other people in the audience com- starting to complain too. So well, I, I know I mean- it's not just me. Like, did they have the standard number of trailers? Or did, like, the seven-minute trailer cut into... Um, like, did they, they... Did they cut out, like, three other trailers? So you only got two? You know, I can't remember. I think that there wasn't as many. I can't even remember what the trailers were other than that. We got there a little bit late, so we missed, like, the first trailer, I think. But seven it's ridiculous. Tra- Seven-minute trailer. Now that I know what happens in The Amazing Spider-Man, I can probably write a review for it right now. That's what what I was trying to think. Like, are they doing this for critics that don't feel like going to the movies? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Because the the trailer probably doesn't do that movie justice. I mean, it wasn't very... It was like a random scene, like, when he... That's what I was going to say. Was it, like, was it, like, an action scene? Or was it just, like... No, well, it was chatting with some friends. It, it actually was. It was him <laughs> in school trying to like muster up the courage to ask out um, Gwen Stacy, Emma Stone, uh-huh. Emma Stone's character, and it was like this awkward transaction of words they had. Nice. I mean, it was it was an okay so scene, but it yeah. wasn't. So it's not. It wasn't like cliched or anything. Um. I don't know, maybe a little bit. I mean, it, I'm still excited for the movie. I still think that the movie looks good, but I, I'm not, I don't know, I'm just not that into having that much of a movie revealed. Yeah. So. Who do they think they are? The Gaul. Unbelievable. And what I said in my article was, if you want to do that, that's fine, because certainly some people are just clamoring to see every bit and read every bit that they can. I mean, some people are like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I've, how many times do they leak a, a scene or an exclusive clip or, you know, whatever, but that's fine. But like you said, do it on the internet. So yep. I don't have to see it. Yeah. Let me choose. If I want to see a seven minute clip of a movie or whatever, then or maybe even preface the trailer. 
in the movie theater like hey just to give you a heads up this is gonna be seven minutes long and we're gonna give away most of the movie for you yeah give us so if you if you want to pop out and get some popcorn or something yeah just give us give us some buffer time and they should like hand out those little vibrating discs that you get at like ruby tuesdays or something to let you know when (laughs) When it's it's safe to come back in (laughs) yeah that's that's a good idea they should start doing that yeah like a cigarette break pop outside for a cigarette real quick moving on a more wins the Palme de War. I know, which uh Michael Heineke. We talked about this on a previous podcast. Neither of us seem to be very big fans of this guy. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. But for me, if you win the Palme d'Or, I automatically like I have to see it. And I did I I watched some I watched like the trailer and some clips for this movie. And it does and reading about it, it does sound... I mean, it's completely different than his other movies. And it's, it actually sounds like it's pretty good, so I'm probably going to check it out. I have no interest in it at all, but... I'll probably get to see it in five years. Yeah. But. Well, the, it did get distribution, so it should be popping up somewhere sometime. Who picked it up? Sony. Sony. Sony Pictures Classics. Man, they're making some good decisions. Yeah. They picked it up. I think they picked it up before it won. Yeah. But I I think it was favored to win anyway. And this will be, his, this is his second win. He won for 2009's The White Ribbon as well, which neither of us were into. No, and I, I was trying to decide this weekend. I might get that movie another chance. I might. I don't know. I really don't want to, though, because that's admitting that maybe I was wrong. Which I'm not. Uh, well, you weren't wrong with Funny Games. That you Funny can, Games. That Funny you can Games be sure is terrible. Of. Terrible movie. Oh, I forgot to talk about in our beginning segment that I did see Men in Black. <laughs> I completely forgot to talk about that one. How was that? It was okay. That's all it's I'll okay. say. Yeah, re- re- read the review. It's it's okay. It's not great. It was better than the second one. I hated the second one with passion. Thought it was oh, yeah. really bad, and this was much better. Josh Brolin was awesome, but I mean that's what everybody's saying anyway. So you don't need another person saying that. Yeah, we don't need none of that. Okay, moving on. We have uh, best director. Best director. This is what this this movie was on my. Uh... Top 10 most excited films of the year. Yes, it was. So I'm even more excited for it now. Plus, I saw some uh, clips from it. It looks very bizarre. And, of course, the best director was Carlos Regadas. Mm-hmm. Uh, for his film Post Tenebras Lux, which looks like a surreal version of Tree of Life. And it's funny because before I didn't really read too much about that before we talked about it on um, our our can show. Yeah, this movie. And it, did you see any clips from it? No, I saw that they were available, but I didn't. I didn't watch any yet. It's very bizarre because the the like the center of the image is completely fine, but then like the outside border. Is all distorted. Hmm. I might have to watch that and see. It's, a, it's like in double vision around the border. Now, do you think that they just did that for the trailer? 
or what? No, no, he did it for the film. Oh, so and the whole... he actually, I, he expressed it in an interview. I think he said something about it. Hmm. Something about the importance of blurring still photography. This is as explained by him. The sides are blurred, but never the center. It's simply a matter of aesthetics. It is the way I see life. We see double in a way. That was his explanation for doing it. Hmm. Okay. No, well, I'm but excited to see that. I think it looks pretty yeah, good. Apparently, apparently there's a scene where one of the characters pulls his head off. Ooh. Pulls his own, yeah, pulls his own head off. Well, I've often dreamed about pulling my own head off. <laughs> Especially today. Yes. Uh, yes. One of the big losers was another movie you were excited about was Holy Motors. Yes, but I am... Um, I do... I still feel good about it because uh, some of the reviews that I read said that it was, you know, a surprise. It was actually pretty good. So, I mean, it didn't win. It didn't win any awards, but I never really expected it to. Well, I think a lot of people did expect it to actually, and it was. I think that that's why it was a big letdown because people. Well, th- pe- those people are ridiculous if they thought that that movie was going to win awards. I don't know. Give me a break. U.S. films were. Big losers. Yes. I didn't hear much about Lawless. Did that even get good reviews? Anything? Yeah, there are some reviews up, but I have not read any, so I'm not sure where Lawless stands. It could be either way at this point. Yeah. I want to talk about the Django Unchained trailer. Oh, yeah? That's going to be showing at Prometheus. Oh, I did see that it was supposed to be coming out soon. Because I seen they started releasing pictures from it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a lot of people dropped out. I don't know if you heard about that, but mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was like like Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, I think there was a couple other people in there. Will Smith was originally attached, but he didn't want to do it, and that's why they got Jamie Foxx. Good choice. That's, I mean, that's kind of... Oh, shoot. No Kurt Russell. Oh. Oh, he was... The character that he was playing, they're actually just cutting out of the film entirely. They're not... Yeah, yeah, they're not replacing him. Wow. He was quoted as saying that it wasn't Western enough. Yeah, I did see that. So, I think think we're going to do a Prometheus episode. Yes. I think we have to. Yeah, so I'm excited when we when we talk about Prometheus, we'll talk about our thoughts on the Django Unchained trailer. Uh, in other trailer news, we have Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, the Red Band trailer. <laughs> Dude, mm. it looks fun. It looks really, yeah, it really fun. It looks very visual. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, after the it's, Red Band trailer. Yeah, it just looks like a ridiculously fun time. Yeah. It just looks really fun. Did you see the Great Gatsby trailer? I did see the Great Gatsby trailer. What do you think of that? Initial thoughts? What the hell was that? <laughs> what the hell was that? Well, it's um, Baz Luhrmann. That's what it is. What? Oh, uh. So Baz Luhrmann is the director. He did Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he's a, a very visually 
oriented director and it looks like you know i thought it almost looked like a colorized version of like sin city or something uh have you ever read the gate the great gatsby no i never did i have i have not either i'm not a fan of f scott fitzgerald i'm not a fan of reading (laughs) (laughs) i mean it is honesty i think it is considered probably one of the greatest american novels I like the twenties. I mean, I'm I'm cool with the twenties. Seen a movie about the twenties? <laughs> You're hip to the twenties. <laughs> down with the the flappers. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I don't it's, know. I, it's definitely it's the, the, that trailer was not what not was up, but not what I was expecting. It's a very which I don't I don't know why. I mean, it was Baz Luhrmann. I don't know what the hell I was expecting. Yeah, it's going to be a very stylistic take on it, I believe. And it's in 3D, too, so... Oh, I wish... I wish F. Scott was here now. Just to get, just to get his thoughts on it. I, I can just imagine him just shaking his head slowly with his, with his palm on his face. Oh, my. Any other uh, news bits you want to go over? Uh, well, speaking... Uh, another book that might finally get adapted into a film, A Confederacy of Dunces. Oh yeah, I did read about that. They've been trying to make this into a movie for years. The whole way back to Harold Ramis wanted to have John Belushi in this movie. And he died. Then he wanted John Candy. He died. And then Chris Farley. And then he died. (laughs) And at one point there was a version adapted by Steven Soderbergh with David Gordon Green supposed to be directing starring will ferrell as the main character and that fell apart so now apparently zach galifianakis is going to be playing the main character well i'm not holding my breath on that uh, yeah i'm not either i mean how many times this movie has fallen apart but it's supposed to, they're supposed to be in negotiations with uh james bobin the director of the muppets and uh flight of the concord so Maybe it'll get made. Probably not, though. I was reading today that Polly Shore announced that mm. there, there might be a In the Army Now sequel called In the Army Again. What? <laughs> I don't think this is going to really happen, but apparently he was talking to Andy Dick about it, the possibility <laughs> of a sequel. Uh that's it's funny in so many different ways. Have you been reading about the Blade Runner sequel? All the news that's coming out about that? I have not. So I just saw that they were gonna they were thinking about doing one. So Ridley Scott's doing he, he announced that there is gonna definitely be a Blade Runner sequel. It's gonna have a female protagonist, which is pretty cool, depending on who they get. Yeah, and today it was announced that that he said that he definitely wants Harrison Ford to be in it, playing his character. Oh. So were you? I, I take it you were not a Blade Runner fan. No, not really. I think it just. I think it came out just a little bit before our time. Yeah, because I remember seeing it when I was like maybe twelve or thirteen, and I just thought it was kind of boring and I wasn't into it 
I think that I, what I'm going to do is go back and rewatch it because I feel like I would appreciate it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it is regarded as one of the, if not the best sci-fi movies ever made. So. Yeah, I have a feeling that if I went back and watched it, that I probably would thoroughly enjoy it. I think what I'm going to do is try to um, get the... I don't want the really expensive one that they came out with, the DVD set, but I do want to see the... He, there was a, a specific cut that Ridley Scott did called like the final cut or the something cut. And I want to see that so I can see like exactly what he wanted to do with it. But did you also see that they are they're going to try and turn Shadow of the Colossus into a movie? Yeah, I did read that. Um, the director of uh, Chronicle. Yeah. Uh, jo- was it Josh Trank? Trank. Josh Trank. Yeah. He's also been toying with the idea of doing a Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, and also says he's thinking of doing a Venom movie. That yeah, that was kind of being thrown around too. Those are all, that's all like all speculation at this point. None of that's official, but yeah, I really enjoyed Chronicle, and I think the idea of a Shadow of the Colossus movie could really work. But I think it'd be an insanely difficult movie to make. Yeah, I don't know how it would work. I imagine I, when I see Shadow of the Colossus, I think of um, where the wild things are—the live-action one—and how they yeah. did how they did that. Maybe they could do something with that, like similar. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know how it will be if it's live-action. I could definitely see like an animated version of this movie. I think would be insane if they got like Studio Ghibli to do that. You mentioned that, or even Pixar. Yeah, it'd be amazing. I would just I would like to see the hand drawn animation. It'd be cool. It would definitely it. be cool. I don't know about um live action though. The CG and stuff. I I don't know. I think it'd be hard, but I I actually do have a little bit of confidence with him as a director, so I think that he's he's gonna make some good stuff, hopefully. Uh, I think that does it. Did you have any other news bits? I don't think so. Let's move on and do some of our predictions. First, let's look at what we picked last week. We have Men in Black 3. Kevin, you said 70. I said 75. Actual, 67. So you won that one. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom, which I didn't realize was only going to be coming out in like six theaters. I was like all excited to see it this weekend, and then I realized that it wasn't playing anywhere. Yeah, it was very disappointing. Uh, New York. You said 91, I said 93. Current score, 95. Wow. Awesome. And then finally we have Chernobyl Diaries. Kevin, you said 48. I said 43. Actual, 24. So that's uh, <laughs> not uh, not great reviews on Chernobyl Diaries. I had our contributor Chad go see it, and he said it was okay. It wasn't great. It was kind of a typical horror movie and he said it was shot like a found footage movie but it wasn't found footage so it was like faux found footage (laughs) oh great i'm gonna copyright that term by the way faux found footage 
can't can't wait for that genre. Let's go over what's coming out this week. First up, we have Snow White and the Huntsman. What do you think about this? Oh, I'm thinking like a 72. I'm going to say 80. 80? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 80. And let's, just for fun, Battlefield America. <laughs> is that is that the... Uh... The dancing one. Oh, my God. That's right. Mm. I'm going to go with like a 9. Uh, I'll say... Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit higher than that, maybe. 13. I'll say wow. 13. Uh, then we have Piranha 3 Double D. I'm going to say, well, it currently has a score of 8. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say um, 10. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go with like an 88. 88. I, th- I think it's just gonna skyrocket. No, I'm gonna go with like a 12. 12. Okay. It'd be crazy if that happened though. If we checked it next week and it was at like 81. Well, do you know? Do you know what the first one, Piranha 3D? Do you know what that got? Mm-mm. 73. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I do remember being surprised. It's it's a fun movie. I keep saying it. it's now. If you like got it on Netflix, you probably wouldn't enjoy it. But to see it in the theater in 3D, it's it's fun. It's um, you know, it's like a classic exploitation film. And one thing I do like about both Piranha movies is the posters that they come out with. They're like these classic looking old school posters. I've not seen the poster for it. Yeah, they're really cool. Both both the the first one and the second one. I think that pretty much does it. There's a couple other ones that are coming out in limited release. We have uh, High School or High School with, uh, with Adrian Brody. We have Apartment 143, which was the horror movie we talked about last week. We also have Loved Ones, which is another horror movie we talked about last week. A Cat in Paris which uh, we talked about ages ago. And there's a couple other limited release ones that I don't think we need to predict. So, mm-hmm. What do you think about that high, high school movie? Uh, I don't know. Have you seen anything about that? Apparently it was made like a long, long time ago, but it got like yeah. shelved or something. Yeah, that's sort of telling me that it's probably not good. Well, it depends on what the reason, you know, because yeah. like if it's a cabin in the woods situation where it gets shelved because the company goes bankrupt. I have a feeling that it's not a cabin in the woods situation. <laughs> no. I think I think those things only happen once in a blue moon. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think Red Dawn is also in that same place where they well, run out of money. I think it was, uh, what was the movie from earlier this year? Margaret. That's oh, supposed yeah. to be like a really good movie that got shelved for, because I guess arguments and yeah. whatnots. I think that does it. For all the latest film news and reviews, head on over to filmpulse.net. And we want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at podcast at filmpulse.net. Or just give us a call on our voicemail line at 850-391-6075. I also promise that if you call that number, nobody's going to answer. 
because I, I know like if it were you, Kevin, you, yeah, you, you would be really gotta, nervous about calling. Yeah. If I have to talk to a person, there's no way. I yeah. can't even order food on the telephone. I promise you it will not be answered. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that greatly. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Tuesday, so I guess tomorrow, for DVD and Blu-ray releases. Oh, yeah.